0: At Rebel News, we're not afraid to have dangerous discussions, and we want to have them with you at our upcoming Rebel Live events. First in Toronto, November 19th, and again in Calgary, Saturday, November 26th. Just go to RebelNewsLive.com to get your tickets today.
1: That's my name. I'm the Rebel Commander here at RebelNews.com. What a pleasure to be with you. You know, we have been covering this Trucker Commission since the very beginning, not just covering it, covering it like Green on broccoli, we are all over it. Not only do we live stream the proceedings raw all day, but we have a dedicated team in Ottawa. We rented an Airbnb right next to the Commission of Inquiry. It's such a short walk, it's wonderful. Four bedrooms there for our journalists to stay. We've turned the kitchen into a studio where we're interviewing guests every night. And we're rotating reporters through. The other day, Sydney Fizzard from our Alberta office was there. Mocha Bersergam was there. I even did a tour of duty there for one day. This past week, we've had a Celine Glass from our Calgary office. And of course, we have a full-time reporter in Ottawa. His name is William Diaz Berthium. He's just been doing a great job. And besides cutting clips, interesting video clips all day, we live tweet the proceedings. And then at night, we have this summary live stream that you are watching now. Now, normally, we have William and Celine, and sometimes Sheila and others on the live stream. But you know what they're doing right now? They are scrumming Brenda Lucky, the RCMP chief commissioner, handpicked by Justin True. And you can see why. You know, Shakespeare said, what's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Brenda Lucky is Lucky. She's lucky she was appointed because she lacks the ethical integrity or the experience to be a chief commissioner on her own. She lacks the charisma to command the RCMP. She's lucky in that her skill set matches Justin Trudeau's needs, and he's lucky that he found someone who matches his needs. The need for a compliant, complicit, and corrupt police chief who will turn the other way when he blindly and brazenly commits crimes. And I don't say that as a wild insult. We know, for example, that when Justin Trudeau illegally accepted a $100,000 secret vacation on Billionaire Island in the Bahamas, courtesy of the Aga Khan, we know that the RCMP went through what Trudeau did, had a flowchart, and said he broke the law. But for political reasons, the RCMP refused to lay charges. Lucky indeed. Hey, let me show you this video from Canada Day. In, I think it was back in 2015. Justin Trudeau has this sexist, gropy, Me Too, Weinstein, Epstein move that he does when women are near him, he likes to dominate them in this sexual physical way. And he does it in public so they can't squirm away or object. He he loves doing it at cabinet swearings in. He loves doing it when all the cameras are on him and a woman next to him and he grabs her inappropriately and gropes her because in that split second the woman, if it was in a private setting, would recoil or pull away, or said, Get your hands off her, would shove them away. But because it's usually a moment of her famousness or her excitement, she says, Well, I don't want to make a scene because everyone's looking at me, and so she accepts the groping. I don't know if you call can call up some of those images, Ephraim, but we've shown them before of Trudeau getting inappropriately close right in the physical space of Every woman who works for him, it's like you must allow yourself to be touched and hugged. And I'm talking a chest-to-chest hug. Yeah, that's a picture right there. That's just one example right there. Who's that? That's Anita Anand. Would you, in a work environment, touch your subordinate like that? If you're a man and that's a woman. And that's, that's not even the most intimate. Show me some more of them. He did it with Jody Wilson-Raybould. He did it with the past governor general. He literally put his hand on the bum of the previous governor general. He does it with every woman in his cabinet. He, yeah, just show, you put that whole search results. You don't have to... Yeah, just put the whole thing up there. If you, if you Google Trudeau hugging and boost it a bit, who, who hugs a woman who works for him chest to chest. What Trudeau does. It's really gross. It's a Me Too moment. And he does it to assert dominance over the women around him. And he knows because if they blink in that moment, they embarrass themselves. And I say this because look at how he treats the chief commissioner of the RCMP. Can you call up that video clip? It's it's just a five-second long clip. So she's dressed in her full regalia. This is when there's criminal investigations or, uh, yeah, criminal investigations into his misconduct. And he goes right up to her. In public, camera's on, and that's the key part. He would never do it in private. He has to do it in public. And he goes up to her, hugs her, and kisses her while she's investigating him on the snc Lavland matter. Why is she doing that? Is that a normal way to greet the chief commissioner of the RCMP? It is not. Is that the normal way to greet someone who works for you if they're subordinate to you and a woman? No, it is not. Are they truly that close? No, they are not. It's like a dog peeing on something. I'm dominant. This is my turf. I will, you are the chief commissioner of the RCMP. I should be scared of you because I, on the face of it, committed a crime. Your own officer said so. And you're investigating me. But I want to show you who's boss. I'm going to come up to you, the officer who's investigating me. No one less than the chief commissioner of the RCMP, the highest office in the rcmp you are investigating me but i am not scared of you you should be scared of me because i am dominant i am going to now hug you we don't know each other but i know your place and your place is beneath me i'm going to hug you and embrace you and kiss you cheek to cheek and i'm not going to do it in private because that would be weird and you would recoil i'm going to do it in public so you cannot recoil. it would make a scene if you did Because I want to let you know who's boss. And Brenda Lucky is so lucky because she's willing to go along with it. She will literally do anything to to get that affirmative action appointment. Brenda Lucky is not qualified to be the Chief Commissioner of the RSMP, except in one regard. She will literally do anything Justin Trudeau tells her to do. Now, I tell you this because she was testifying today in front of the trucker commission of inquiry and she was asked some questions i think we've got some clips here and i'm going to show you these clips <clears throat> the reason that i'm alone on this live stream right now but i'll be joined shortly by my colleagues is because william diaz Berthiome and celine glass were out scrumming brenda lucky and i understand that they got a question to her I'll be very interested in that we'll process that and upload it as soon as we can so selena william were covering the trucker commission inquiry today brenda lucky's testimony ran late then she was scrummed and our people were there so that's why they're not here but before i hear william and selena sounds like they're returning to the airbnb but i think we can play a clip uh in the meantime can you play for me clip number three of a an RCMP-endorsed plan that would not need the Emergencies Act. But this was not sent to the Liberal government because the Liberal government wanted to invoke martial law. Play the clip, clip number three, if you could be so kind.
2: But I, but I want you to, to concentrate on, on that scenario then. Mm-hmm. Cabinet is on the verge of invoking the Emergencies Act. You are their window on law enforcement, you told us this earlier. Your update to Cabinet as it is deciding whether to invoke the Emergencies Act is that the police now have a plan, they've pulled it together, and that you, as the Commissioner of the RCMP, consider that plan to be workable without the authorities of the Emergencies Act. And that doesn't get delivered your messages don't get delivered to cabinet when they then deliberate on the invocation of the act Do you appreciate the significance of that scenario
3: uh yes and no because we had spoken about the fact that we had an integrated planning cell that we were bringing together a plan an enforcement plan to go forward so there was talk about a plan, and that a plan was in progress. I reported on that, I believe, in in my previous IRG. So it wasn't a brand new concept, Um, but yes, in fact, the fact that we now had a plan, I'm not sure if it was signed off either, um, as of that point, because we were having difficulty getting it signed off. We didn't realize it needed to be signed off.
1: Like I say, she's not the leader of the RCMP. She's not actually the boss. My plan had to be signed off. Signed off? Who's your boss? Who would sign off on your plan? You speak for the RCMP. You're allegedly the chief commissioner. You have a plan for cabinet that shows you can police this matter without invoking the Emergencies Act, but you come up with an excuse for not passing it on to cabinet when they are deliberating whether or not to invoke martial law. And your excuse is it didn't have sign off we didn't have, it wasn't, signed off by whom? If the chief commissioner of the RCMP will not, cannot sign off on it, so who who's managing her? Who's her handler? She certainly seemed out of the loop. You would think this would be the number one thing on her mind. <laughs> but she didn't really make too many inquiries. She's learned her lesson. She's smarter than to ask too many questions when Justin Trudeau wants something. What Justin Trudeau wants, Justin Trudeau gets. Look at clip number five. Do you think that maybe the head of the RCMP would talk to the spy spy agency CSIS, which is all about intelligence? Do you think that maybe they would talk about what's going on or would that,
4: again, get in the way of Trudeau's plans? Look at clip number five. Right, and the Minister never asked you what your opinion was with respect to whether or not there was a Section 2 CSIS Act security threat, is that correct?
3: In respect to what? Whether
4: or not there was a threat under Section 2 as defined in the CSIS Act, if there was a threat to the security of Canada.
3: No, he would have to ask CSIS.
4: Right. And CSIS, you're aware, told him that there wasn't.
3: That's what I've been told.
4: So, and if... going to have to. Thank you. Those Please. are my questions.
1: You know, she's just not really aware, but, you know, she has other things to do, like shutting down investigations into Trudeau's tampering in the snc lavalin trial. Now, I hear in the background that our team in the Airbnb studio is getting ready. In fact, I can see them on a preview screen. They're almost ready, but we'll play one more clip in the meantime. Again, it's Brendan Miller, a lawyer for the Freedom Convoy, sponsored by the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, who presses Brenda Lucky about her past political interference. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a mass shooting in Nova Scotia. And Brenda Lucky called up the local cops and said, we need you to make certain public statements that work with Justin Trudeau's campaign platform to ban guns. So can you say these things and release certain things? It's got nothing to do with policing but we really need a favor from Trudeau. And I'm telling you to do this here. Take a look at clip number four, Brenda Lucky. Oh, what's that? We're gonna go to an ad first. Okay, here's an ad, take a, take a quick look.
0: Oh, hey guys, have you checked out our Rebel News store lately? You really should because we're always adding fun things into the store. As the news changes, I guess so does the merchandise. We've got something for everybody. We've got a great selection of pro-trucker merchandise, like this excellent Hong Kong shirt right here that will surely drive all your Liberal friends and relatives absolutely crazy, although I don't think the trip is all that far. But right now, in the store, this is my very favourite T-shirt, and I know T-shirts. Free Tamara in support of convoy leader Tamara Leach as she is treated like a common terrorist by Justin Trudeau's government for her role in the peaceful weeks long street party against COVID mandates in Ottawa. I've got great news though. If you can't decide which shirt is your favorite because right now at rebelnewsstore.com you can use the coupon code FALL, F-A-L-L and buy two t-shirts and get 25% off. And as always, shipping is free. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com pick your two favorite t-shirts and save 25%.
5: Thanks and remember Freedom in 2022 is certainly about being able to make free choices for ourselves and for our family, who we believe are the best. We have seen so much suffering over the last two years. People who die alone in terrible condition, people losing dream jobs, polarized families, and a society that insult and yell at each other for making a different medical choice. But people have risen, and it will be true them that the future will have an important meaning for all of you, but especially for the next generation. Ribbon News has been present at every step of this great challenge, but so many other pioneers whom you could meet and hear at our great conference about freedom for our beautiful country, which is Canada. This conference, which will be held in Calgary and Toronto, will show you the faces of the influence of freedom that you have seen over the past two years. You don't want to miss this. So get your ticket now at ribbonnewslive.com and it will be a pleasure to see you there and meet you in large numbers. It's time to drop these masks and let the truth shine.
1: I like that Rebel News Live. I like Alexa Lavoie's approach to things. Joining me now via Skype from our Airbnb studio in Ottawa is Celine Glass and William Diaz Berthium. How are you guys doing? Very well, well. We just
6: did a scrum with uh, Brenda Lucky in Ottawa, so that mm-hmm. was interesting.
1: I know. I was killing time. I was dancing and singing on stage here just to keep people entertained and <laughs> then came back. And I understand that in the Airbnb studio, we have Ava Chipiak, one of the lawyers for the truckers, is that right?
7: That's right, absolutely, yep. Yeah. She's our up
8: currently.
1: Well, Ava, I'm sure you're there. I don't see you on camera right now, but it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Now. I was trying to give people a little bit of background. Hi, how you doing? Nice to see you.
8: Hello, how are you? No, I'm pretty
1: good. I'm here in Toronto, and I was not paying close attention today, but the one thing I did see out of the corner of my eye was that Brenda Lucky was wearing a mask. I understand that no one else was wearing a mask, not the other cop right next to her, not the judge, not the reporters, not anybody. not I think she was wearing a mask. I'm just going out on a limb here. I think she's going on a mask because she wanted to cover her face because she's testifying, and one of the ways we assess if someone is telling the truth or lying or if they're under some stress or they're fibbing is nonverbal cues. Um, some people have a tell. It's a, in poker. What's your poker tell when you're bluffing? It's one of the reasons why judges believe in in-person testimony. You have to, and we use the phrase, look your ac- accuser in the eye. So if you're giving testimony that is politically curved, and if you're maybe trimming and embroidering the truth as needed, you probably want to wear a mask. In fact, you'd probably wear sunglasses, too, if you could get away with it. That's my theory about why she was wearing a mask today. She looks like a blooming fool. Yeah.
6: Well, I mean, it was the first witness that we saw, I believe, since the beginning of the inquiry that was wearing a mask. i um, pretty sure Matthew Fleury was wearing one as he was walking outside. You know, the best friend of Catherine McKennedy failed. Ottawa mayoral candidate who's not the mayor of Ottawa, thankfully. Um so both of them were wearing a mask, but you're right, it's the first time that she was on the stand. Um some people on Twitter were speculating saying that it was because she she didn't want the people to hear her whisper uh as Catherine McKinney did. I don't think that's a that's a very good theory. But um yeah, no, it was surprising to see. Well I
7: think the- it was also
6: Go ahead, sorry, Shaleen. go ahead, Ezra. No, you go No, ahead.
7: I just think It was also kind of symbolic of um, just being muzzled silence because she didn't have a lot to say about anything. Um, She really uh, did a lot to actually deflect and to make up every excuse as to not be able to recall very relevant general information that is a part of her job to recall. So I think just in the spirit of symbolism, that was really just all people needed to see is she would not say anything. She silenced herself.
1: You know, that's very poetic and that's very true. I think of a mask in a number of ways to conceal, but, as a muzzle that's so obviously the case here she's very useful to Justin Trudeau there's nothing he can do that would raise her ire he can tamper with the SNC-Lavalin prosecution no problem he can accept a bribe from uh, the Aga Khan that is uh, that the conflict of ethics commissioner says breaks the law but Brenda Lucky has nothing to say about it so she's muzzled and she's a perfect fit for Trudeau now let's stop the preamble and get straight to the news you guys went to scrum her you followed Mm -hmm. her to a press event i think we have the footage coming in shortly but tell me uh what was it like i assume there were a lot of reporters there where was it Mm -hmm. and did you guys get a question and tell me what you just did
6: yeah so basically um as she was coming out brenda look you took about 10 to 15 minutes uh, just by herself to rely i mean she's been testifying for nine hours um it's very understandable so right after she came out after that little short break we were all the journalists behind a, b- behind the line and we asked her a lot of questions there was one full credits to her one mainstream media reporter she was wearing a purple purple shirt she asked most of the questions that i wanted to ask like mm-hmm. she was really going off
2: mm-hmm. on
6: brenda lucky she was asking her do, don't you think that your testimony will make you look more or less credible to the eyes of the population? Why were you saying something in an email and then testifying to a different thing in front of the commission? She was really going all up on her, so she stole a few of my questions, but that's totally fine. Um, I asked her, so the, one of the first questions that I asked her was, as the RCMP commissioner, as a, as a commissioner, someone that's pretty high level, you testified that The Emergencies Act allowed the police officers to move to Ottawa more safely um, and in a manner that they could never have done without the Emergencies Act, which, I mean, that's normal. You're granted extraordinary powers. You can't do that without the Emergencies Act. But she didn't say that it was necessary. So in your professional opinion, looking at section two of the CSIS Act that says that it has to be a threat to national security, and that says that it has to be fully necessary, do you think that the invocation of the Emergency Act was necessary? Because I wanted wanted a yes or no answer, since she didn't give any understand. And what did she say? She said it was useful. She did not say it was necessary. She did not give a yes or no answer. Where
7: have we heard where Where have you heard that before? Yeah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> well,
6: from, from everyone else, from every other uh, other witness, they always say that it's useful but never necessary. Mm-hmm. And the second of all the three questions that I asked her, I, I failed to remember the third one, but I believe that the second one that I asked um, was yeah. As, as an RCMP commissioner, how did she not know that it was necessary to have a court order in order to freeze? bank accounts and freeze assets that
7: was shocking to hear yeah
6: and she told me that she knew about the assets that she wasn't too sure about uh, the bank accounts. so no i think that we saw that this woman is totally unfit for the job and i truly doubt that she will stay commissioner for a long time
1: huh. you know i think the reason that she is in the job is precisely because she never holds justin trudeau or the liberal government to account She forgets things. She's not sure of things. She's not consulted in things. She doesn't write them down. She doesn't remember them. She writes a report on behalf of the RCMP, but no one signed off on it, so she didn't give it to cabinet. I don't know who would sign off on it, if it not for the chief commissioner. So, in many ways, she's the perfect RCMP commissioner for Trudeau. There is nothing he can do that will make her stop. To make her stop him, there Mm -hmm. is nothing he can do that's too much for her, and I think it's deeply embarrassing to the country but it's delightful for Trudeau
6: oh, of course well <laughs> we've been seeing that all day in her testimony I mean she, she couldn't recall anything no. that happened she couldn't recall any meeting she no. I did not know I did not see anything I did not hear anything she she couldn't remember anything until the lawyer for the government of Canada arrived and asked her a question that I guess she was prepared for but I, I found it surprising when she, went, when she was asked more difficult question and she said I don't remember this is probably one of the biggest instance uh, of police force of the police using extraordinary force mm-hmm. in the past decade and yeah. probably in one of the biggest in the history of our country and she did not remember what happened in the meetings that she had. I mean, I don't know what you think, but I think that's just ridiculous.
7: Well, do you recall that the longest period of time that we did watch her speak for was in regards to how she believes that um, Canada is inherently a yeah. systemic racist country and how the RCMP is doing all of these things and putting all these provisions into place uh, to mm-hmm. prevent systemic racism in country when this country, when uh, I believe this is one of the most vastly diverse melting pots that we mm-hmm. that we could see like from anywhere else in the world in comparison to Canada. So so, um, yeah, that was yeah, the only that was time that she, had she actually that was went the off. Yeah. point she so, spoke this on. This is a trucker so.
1: commission inquiry into Trudeau's invocation of martial law. She doesn't remember anything about Trudeau's invocation of martial law. She doesn't know anything that the RCMP did or the cabinet did or CSIS did. But boy, she's got a lot to say about Canada being mm. racist. How well, did that yeah, even you know, come up today? Uh,
7: it was... Um,
6: it, it was the So there's a council. I'm not exactly sure what's the name of the uh, of the she's council. She's a council for
7: the, for the the Native American uh, Territories and, and Chief Associations of British Columbia. Yeah, That's exactly. like the proximity, the premise of her title. And she asked her if she's aware of some of the systemic racism uh, in this country and how that may or may not affect the way that RCMP handles certain arrests, detainments, etc. Um, yeah, it wasn't related. We also had yes, that dialogue between us. We were sitting beside each other while this was occurring. But that was, out of anything, a totally unrelated topic. And it shows you how much she didn't care. She very much
0: could speak on that. Yeah, let's take a but look. we had, got the clip yeah, right here, yeah. actually. Let's, let's roll that clip. And are you aware of s- dynamics of systemic racism and specifically anti-Indigenous discrimination in policing and responding to public order or emergency events? Um as as a
3: result of the upper wash in regards to the upper wash report?
0: Uh, no, just just broadly within the RCMP, are you aware of dynamics of systemic racism and policing of indigenous peoples?
3: We are uh, doing a lot of initiatives within the RCMP in regards to systemic racism. Uh, we've introduced some um, new courses that we've actually made available to all police agencies. uh uh, uniting against racism um cultural awareness and humility courses uh providing uh we're updating our curriculums at our training academy we've also have the blanket exercise that uh is is at our training academy and that is available for all employees of the RCMP. And it's all about, uh, and we've reviewed our whole recruiting process to make sure there's uh, no systemic barriers uh, to uh, prevent uh, indigenous people but also the BIPOC community into entering into the RCMP. In our recruiting, we're trying to be more progressive in our proactive recruiters so that we would be able to have um, more indigenous people in the RCMP because it's more representative of the communities we serve and I think it would make our would strengthen dumber by our the second. I'm, I'm literally
1: losing more. IQ points as I as I listen to this answer. Completely off topic, absolutely nothing to do with the Commission of Inquiry, but a blessed relief for her, she doesn't have to answer an accountability question. I was I was getting dumber listening to that answer. I want to bring in Ava Chippiak a as a lawyer for the truckers with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. So I understand, William just said, Ava, that uh, Brenda Lucky testified for nine hours today. It is a very difficult thing to say nine hours worth of nothing. That is a skill. She should be a podcaster. Uh, Was there anything that Brenda Lucky said that had substance to it, that had meaning to it, other than just her vague can't remember something that happened just a few months ago, the most important policing civil liberties moment of our era, she can't remember it because, you know, there's a lot of other things going on. Was there anything out of those nine hours that was meaningful or useful, Eva?
8: Yeah, there definitely were a few things that are wor- worth noting. Um, so, one of them was with Commission Council. She was having a discussion about how incredibly important it is to use all the tools in the toolbox and especially de escalation. Um, and as we, I think, all know, there was zero discussion with protesters. And she kind of nonchalantly threw that out. Well, yeah, we could have talked to the protesters. And so, that was just a very strange. Um, CONVERSATION SHE WAS HAVING WITH THE COMMISSIONER lawyers, SO SHE WAS TALKING ALL ABOUT THE TOOLS, ALL ABOUT, uh, YOU KNOW, ON PAPER, THE THINGS YOU COULD DO AS THE RCMP AGENCY. AND I SUSPECT THERE'S A PROTOCOL AND THINGS LIKE THAT, BUT IT LOOKS LIKE, AS WE KNOW, NONE OF THAT WAS IMPLEMENTED. SO THAT WAS PRETTY INTERESTING TO SEE. I THINK WE'VE GOT A VIDEO
1: CLIP OF THAT. I DON'T MEAN TO INTERRUPT YOU, OTHER THAN I THINK WE'VE GOT THAT AS CLIP NUMBER TWO. LET'S JUST SHOW PEOPLE where she sort of obliquely, accidentally admits that, yeah, they did not do everything they could. Like, how about just talk to the truckers? Take a look at clip number two.
2: These are your notes and presumably what you said to the IRG and cabinet uh, on the relevant occasions. That said, I am of the view that we have not yet exhausted all available tools that are already available through the existing legislation there are instances where charges could be laid under existing authorities for various criminal code offenses occurring right now in the context of the protest. The Ontario Provincial Emergencies Act, just enacted, will also help in providing additional deterrent tools to our existing toolbox. And then the bullet below that, these existing tools are considered in our existing plans and will be used in due course as necessary. Uh, had you had these discussions about your views on existing authorities with any of the officials before the circulation of these notes?
3: Yeah, I think we would have been uh, exchanging verbally. Uh, like uh, Deputy Commissioner Duem said, it happened so fast. Uh, there was uh, Deputy Minister was working on this. We weren't in the working group. We were just brought in as subject matter experts on on various authorities that. Uh, potential authorities, but we weren't uh, in the drafting of any of this. That wasn't our role. So um, this uh, would have been provided um, probably verbally. We would have spoken about it. And then obviously because I was asked in an email, it was provided in writing.
1: You know what? I feel like the fog, the bureaucratic fog emanating there. Hey, But, you know, I see a note from our studio there here. We now have the footage of the Scrum with Brenda Lucky. And I, would, I don't know if you were there, were you there, Brenda? Or, sorry, were they, there, Ava, watching the Scrum? or—or? Or, uh, I missed no? it. So oh, I, let's I'd all be watch, happy it to together. watch it. <laughs> I wasn't there either. That's the reason why Celine and William were away from the mic when we started the broadcast. Let's see our team in action. Go ahead, studio, and roll the Scrum.
6: You said that the Emergency Act was the safest option, and that you couldn't have done what you did without it. But you didn't say it was necessary, though. Is there a reason why you didn't say it was necessary? It's
3: not up to me to decide if it's necessary or if it meets the threshold. It's about will it be useful to law enforcement? Is there any gaps or any problems if we were trying to enforce it? Uh, That's what the... uh, parliamentarians would look at. If, if, if it's another agency that's going to do uh, something with a the regulation, they should be asking that uh, that that agency.
6: But if you look at the EA, if you look at section two of the CCSAC, it needs to be necessary, needs to be a threat to national security. So as, the head, uh, as a commissioner of the RCMP, did you consider that it was necessary?
3: Um, I thought it was useful. I thought it was needed. Uh, now, obviously, I have the benefit of hindsight. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to do the enforcement actions as safe as we did we wouldn't have been able to keep the people in on in at that protest as safe as they were and it wouldn't have been concluded in the short time frame it was if it wasn't for the emergency it. but just to confirm that um Sa donna environnement qui était plus sauve pour les Canadiens, pour les I c'est paid l-
1: close attention, William, to her answer. And she said uh-huh. you used the word necessary. Let me hop in there for a second. William, you said was not necessary. And she said it was needed. It was needed. That's a synonym necessary and now her explanations were bs she was saying it made it it safer for the protesters really the riot police charging on them that was safer what does that mean safer it was safer for the protesters to have martial law what lack of safety was there that became safer she's a wicked liar we know that about her Mm -hmm. but i would say that she by saying it was needed she went further than any other cop we've heard from so far the commission all of them said sure it was useful yeah i mean if you give me a a blowtorch it'd be useful If you gave me ultimate tyrannical power as a czar it would be useful too was it necessary no every cop so far has said it was not necessary in fact most of the cops sort of said why are you even asking that we cleared the windsor bridge before the emergencies act we cleared the Mm -hmm. coots blockade before the emergencies act how can you even ask if it was necessary when we resolved those problems even before the emergency act come in Brenda Lucky has gone further than any other cop that I have seen reported. You guys correct me if I'm wrong because you're watching every day. She knows wh- who her loyalty is. Other cops swear their loyalty to the crown, swear their loyalty to the Constitution. Brenda Lucky swears her loyalty only to a man, Justin Trudeau. She does literally whatever he says and never contradicts him. And so when asked by William Diaz Berthiome of Rebel News, was it necessary under the Ceases Act? She says it was needed. She's a wicked liar who serves one man.
6: Yeah, well, I, I think another difference the other cops is that the other cops, when they said that it was, it was helpful, but not necessary, they were under oath, Um, And she was talking to me outside of the Commission. So she 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 wasn't she wasn't under oath anymore And just by the way, there's a third question that I asked I think that our clip was was cut a little bit weird because we saw the French question But there's also another question afterwards that I did ask to her at the end. But anyway, yes Well, let's go to that one
1: and I didn't mean to interrupt other than it was in French And I just wanted to say something quickly about the use of the word needed Let's go and watch your second question And then if I can ask our friends if they can find the reporter in purple that William mentioned who asked Ask good questions. Well, I would be delighted to see those. But let's ask. Let's see William's second question. Let's take a look.
3: Yeah, please. So, the cover of the but on February 13th,
2: your advice to the government was that the
3: proper decision.
0: And just to put a finer point on it, you are aware that.
2: So, what do
8: you say to the fact that you guys didn't put everything on the table, including going out to the? I think it's happening.
3: There were certain people designated under this group. In this case, there was uh, six.
6: You weren't aware that you needed a court order to do that. No, the seizing. Oh, I, rewind I, I just I do, a little I bit. It looks like we got order. Williams' yeah. question there. Go back
3: twenty was, seconds. Uh, six or seven liters, so it made it uh, a bit more problematic.
6: Thank you. Uh, you. You said during your testimony that you didn't know if you needed a court order to seize uh, the bank accounts as freeze assets. Um, is, is there a reason why you weren't aware that you needed a court order to do that?
3: No, the seizing, I, I knew that you needed a court order. I wasn't sure on the freezing because we've never done the freezing of accounts. We, obviously, when we seize accounts, that's a different aspect, but the freezing was pretty new to me and I haven't I uh, looked at it any
1: further.
2: Thanks Thank,
1: so you. Thank you. Can you imagine the head of the RCMP thinking that you could just freeze someone's bank account without a court order, in, without the Emergencies Act. How do you not know that? Does she, does she, d- did she think you could just poof your frozen like a magic wand? I, what a, just incredible, incredibly embarrassing to the country that that is the chief commissioner of the RCMP. I'm sort of stunned by it, but I guess you can never be surprised.
6: Yeah, well, it, it really showed. I mean, during her testimony, she was joking about losing her job. She, she was joking about about having welcoming a new re- replacement uh, replacement soon. But uh, yeah, the 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 purple lady is between those, but I'm not sure we that we cut it. Um, but no, it was it was an interesting testimony, and her responses to my, to my questions were interesting. I think we have Eva. I could probably talk a little bit more as to whether or not it was actually her role or not to know that you're supposed to have a court order in order to freeze. Uh, freeze assets or freeze bank accounts
7: well just before we get into that i'd I'd like to actually just mention it's it's part also of the questions that we're not going to see that were asked by the lady in purple but she did get a chance to ask commissioner lucky what she thought about her reputation after the way that she displayed herself today oh wow and she no joke so she was so eloquent probably one of the most eloquent moments today she stood there in front of everyone at that scrum and she said that she's not going to be replaced and that she'll retain her position as commissioner so i think that just shows you how deep trudeau has his hooks in her it's perfect it really is that's why she was joking that's why when you brought that up i was like it makes sense of course she's going to joke on the stand because she knows that her position is solidified because she sat up there and she lied through her teeth It was ridiculous, it was crazy.
1: You know, I I look in the United States, Janet Reno, one of the worst attorneys general in history, responsible for the massacre at Waco. You would think that you massacre men, women, and children. You just might be replaced as attorney general. No, 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 no. Because now you would literally do anything for the president if he keeps you on. And so Janet Reno blocked and protected Bill Clinton no matter what he did because Janet Reno did something worse she killed children that's that's not an exaggeration that's not hyperbole that is what she did and Eric Holder had the same role for Barack Obama when you have an absolute obedient submissive like I'm talking BDSM submissive do literally anything Mm-hmm. Of course she's In fact, the worse she was, the safer she would be. Mm-hmm. Her very weakness and impotence and ignorance and folly and muffled, masked mouth mumbles is why she is the perfect Trudeau justice. I mean, could you find, the uh, perfect Trudeau RCMP chief commissioner, can you find a better contrast between Jody Wilson-Raybould Educated, intelligent, active, principled, ethical, versus the masked mumbler, Brenda Lucky. Jody Wilson raybould Brenda Lucky couldn't have two more different people. One was fired by Trudeau because she dared to say, Whoa, don't meddle with a criminal trial. The other, Brenda Lucky, saying, Master, what can I do to serve you today? Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable. Ava, what do you think? Am I wrong? I don't think she's going to be replaced. I think she did exactly what her boss wanted and needed her to do, do, and that is why she will continue. What do you think?
8: Well, I have to say ignorance is not a defense for law, and it's really a shame to see the top commissioner for all of Canada being ignorant of the law. If anybody should be educated about the law, it is definitely her. Um, Hearing that response to William's question about freezing bank accounts, not knowing, that's not an excuse, that's not acceptable. It should not be accepted in Canada. She didn't even know the name of the Emergencies Act. She thought, and she says this jokingly, nonchalantly, like it has no consequences. I thought it was the Emergency Measures Act this is not somebody that sh- should be ignorant of any of these things she's talking about because the consequences are way too severe. And that's what we're going to see in Canada. It's just like every clip we've been watching, it's very hard to watch. Um, I couldn't even watch the rest of the evidence today. It was mumbo jumbo half the time, so it was really hard to watch. Um, so I-, I don't know how and why this is acceptable in Canada.
1: Yeah, I'm really- Well, I think that uh, as long as people keep re-electing Trudeau and his little buddy Jagmeet Singh, you're going to keep getting this. And And I just think that I wonder if people are just tuned out. They're numb to it. It's all gobbledygook. It's all boring, just lawyers and police droning on. And maybe only people like you and me and... Rebel News viewers and the truckers who have their knobs turned up to 10. Maybe we're the only people who care about freedom. And everyone else, well, you know, what's the price of gas today? And what's the price of my home today? And, you know, I got you, you're just living day-to-day, real-life stuff. I think that the very fact that this is a fog machine is why Trudeau's going to skate. Now, I'm sort of optimistic that the judge is going to say there was no evidence justifying like, I just don't know how any honest judge faced with the evidence of 23 days that every, not a single person of authority, and frankly, even the, the odd flotsam and jetsam that testified to, even they didn't say, yes, we needed martial law. I don't, I don't even think a single person has said that. You're paying closer attention than me. Eva has a single witness in 23 days said, actually, we need we needed martial law did a single person say that
8: so not that i've heard and i did hear a lot of it was helpful but that's not even the test to justify invoking the emergencies act and that's one thing i wanted to say under cross-examination with brendan miller right at the end um she was asked so who told you or how did you think that this would have been justified and she said well that's not for the rcmp to decide that's for CSIS to decide whether or not it there's a justified national threat to security of canada under section two of the act and he said or he asked uh, so was that the case and she kind of said i believe that's what they said that there was no threat so she confirmed the rcmp is not the body um, that would be the one giving the advice or the evidence for a national security threat she confirmed that it ceases his role to do so and there we have it zero justification from the ceases zero justification because it's not their job from the rcmp so whether or not she thought maybe she might need it or it was helpful really doesn't figure into whether or not it was justified.
1: Yeah. You know, this I just think that the judge will have no other alternative but to do the right thing here. I think that I think that I don't care who appointed this judge, I don't care what his political stripe was when he was a lawyer. I think any honest judge who is not crooked would have to say there is no justification under the Emergencies Act for the invocation of martial law. And by the way, I think the Liberal Senate knew that too when they threatened to vote against it and when Justin Trudeau was forced to blink. It wasn't the media that forced him to blink. It wasn't law professors. It wasn't the official opposition. It wasn't civil liberties groups. It wasn't anything. It was Liberal Senators who said, you know what, boss, we're not going all the way down with you here. And I think the judge will come to the same conclusion. We still haven't heard from Trudeau himself, but I I don't know what he could possibly say as uh, as if he's in the the details of these things. And he, it, I don't know. I I think that this is an excellent commission of inquiry, in terms of providing the facts of it. I think the judge will do the right thing. What I'm less certain of is that Canadians who have put up with the blackface groper who takes $100,000 free holidays, if they would put up with all that, why wouldn't they put up with some cops knocking some heads around? Like, why would this be more offensive to them? I don't know, I'm maybe I'm sending very black pill right now.
8: Well, you know, I'm hoping that this is the straw that broke the camel's back. At some point, we have to say, this is enough. This is, I've said it, many times on social media today. This is an embarrassment to our country. What happened today? The display from the RCMP commissioner. When you juxtapose that to um, alongside the OPP commissioner and the professionalism displayed by the OPP officers, the superintendent of intelligence, you could really like that's Somebody I trust my life with or this country with what what was on display for from Commissioner Lucky. I think all Canadians should be um, outraged, uh, embarrassed, and demanding more.
1: Hey, Ava, we've got a couple of super chats if I'm reading this right, and I just want to read a couple of them. Cheryl Don V. chips in five smackers and says, Ezra, please tell us your opinion if this inquiry finds that there was no reason to enact the Emergency Act. What are the actual ramifications? Will anybody be responsible like our PM? Well, I can tell you that Nothing will happen, just like when he was convicted under the Conflict of Interest Act. I think a few journalists will tut tut, like the Globe and Mail will say, "Oh, well, a lesson learned," and Trudeau will say, "Well, this was a learning moment for all of us, and we all have to do better." And by that, I mean you. And and I think that some of the media, the the regime media, like Global News and the CBC, will um, you know blame storm a little bit for put the blame on the truckers. And nothing will change. Now do you think Jagmeet Singh is gonna pull away support from Justin Trudeau? No chance. Um Orizia gave a restream paid chat and said, I can't help thinking it's a great opportunity of out with the old old ways and time for a new vision of Canada, landmass. Well, out with the old in with the new, depends what the new vision is. I um i think that there are some eternal values you don't have to always come up with a novelty freedom limited government personal responsibility judging people on the content of their character not the color of their skin those are my traditional values and i wonder orizia if that's the same with you hey Ava, thanks for standing by there i want i want to check with our studio team if there are more interesting clips from that scrum William said that he thought the lady in purple, who I'm very, we gotta have a kajiji ad. You were the lady in purple at the scrum on Tuesday night. I was William Diaz Berthier, an 18-year-old reporter for Rebel News. You asked great questions. I was amazed. You took the words right out of my mouth. We might, we must meet again. I see, like a personal ad or something. Who is this mystery woman in purple? Can we, can we find a clip of that again? Well.
6: I think I think we might be able to find out some point. There's one thing that I wanna make sure we touch on before we end this live stream because that's pretty relevant about what happened. am not sure if you saw it, but Brendan Miller during his cross examination, almost him he, like like he ran out of time. So I know everyone received a bunch of documents. Uh, by the Government of Canada, by the Department of Justice, an enormous amount of documents. And I think it was pretty hard for all the parties to go through all the documents. And we saw, you know, Brendan Miller, who was interrupted multiple times by the Government of Canada Council. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, as I said, almost seemed to ran out of time. So can you walk us through what went on during Brendan Miller's cross-examination, why it seemed to be a little bit different than other times?
8: So uh, last night, uh, Brendan brought a, a notice to the commission just saying that the Department of Justice in the last week or so put on the database over a thousand documents and some of the documents are a thousand pages them a document. So we're talking about Tens of thousands of pages of documents. Um, So he made that known to the commissioner because I I don't think he actually knows that the commission lawyers are are doing a really good job of keeping uh, all of the procedural stuff away from the commissioner until it's something of note. Mm -hmm. And he said that look, there's lots of really important documents coming out. Um, We haven't had time to look at it, and so today when he was under cross or doing his cross examination. He was asking for more time because these are relevant documents, uh, relevant to these witnesses that were just dumped on um, all the parties in the last two, three days. And even with that, he did get a bit of leeway with time, but the commissioner was really keeping a tight timeline on him as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. William, I'm so glad you raised that. You know, there's two ways to handle a demand for transparency and disclosure. One is to stonewall and say, we're giving you nothing. That's usually what the government does. We've had some access to information requests that they've delayed for seven years. The other approach is, oh, you want a needle in a haystack? Here's 100,000 pages. You've got 48 hours. Good luck finding it. Ha ha, suckers. Sucks to be you. Both are atrocious. Both are tactics of the liberals. Dumping 100,000 pages to obscure the damning documents and doing it they knew this Commission of Inquiry was coming since February it's embedded in the Emergencies Act they knew what they just discovered these files three days ago they're wicked liars, and if the documents you referred to, William, come from the RCMP, it shows the corruption in that organization, which I said is now par for the course. Brenda Lucky is a disgrace. I don't know if we can go to it. Hey, Olivia and Efron, can you go to the story from Black Locks, how the RCMP's trust is being frittered away under Brenda Lucky. The RCMP, such a symbol of Canada, a beloved symbol, there even was a hit TV show. I think it was called Due North. It was about a Mountie uh, who was out of place and out of sorts. And it's just such a beloved symbol of Canada, the trusty Dudley Do Wright Mountie. Look at this story in Black Locks Reporter, one of the few independent media left in this country. Approval rating falls to 51%. The RCMP only has half of its reputation left when you put a crooked, and I'm using the word crooked on purpose. We know for a fact that RCMP officers said, we have enough to charge Justin Trudeau for undue influence from the Aga Khan. And Brenda Lucky said, no, we're just not going to. There you have it. She's frittering away the respect of this key institution. Hey, I hear in my ear, that we have the clip of the lady in purple, the mystery woman. Here, let's take a, let's take a look at that.
3: that. You concluded that it was useful and needed after the fact, but on February 13th, your advice to the government was that you had the existing authorities to no. proceed to end the blockades. Um, there was uh, the draft of the, we knew what some of the authorities were going to be, Um, Of course, uh, we were asked if those were such authorities, would they be useful uh, to law enforcement? Um, I said that they would be useful, um, but I also cautioned that there are other authorities because if I don't give the full picture, then they can't make a proper decision.
0: And just to put a finer point on it, and, and people in the public who question your ability as a commissioner, can you just clarify today how you view your conduct, your your um, leadership at I the reference, RCMP, this is her. and whether you are staying on? I'm absolutely staying
3: on as commissioner of the RCMP.
0: And and how would you describe <laughs> your leadership of the RCMP? All right. Yeah. Well, that, that was radio? part of
6: that was part of her question. But we also had another longer part before. It's going to come out in the video in the next few days. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to see exactly what she had to say. But that's one of the questions. You know, your credibility has taken a hit by testifying here at the inquiry. Would you stay on as as commissioner in the future? And she said, absolutely, I would stay on as commissioner.
1: You know uh, what? She would stay on. That's a decision about her will. But when she says she will stay on, that's a bit presumptuous. It either says that she is the decider or that she already has an understanding with Justin Trudeau. If she protects him, he'll protect Mm -hmm. her. That's my analogy with Janet Reno, the butcher of Waco. And Eric Holder, there was no errand too dirty for Eric Holder to do for Barack Obama. Conservatives don't act that way. Conservatives have some sort of a deep respect for attorneys general and justice ministers. They, they treat the rule of law almost like a sacred thing, whereas those on the radical left take it, see it as merely a tool to be used. And Brenda Lucky is a disgrace to the uniform. That's not my opinion alone, as I showed you in that Black Lock story. Under her watch, Canadians have turned against the RCMP. What a shame. More than a century to build up that reputation, and it's frittered away. Um, Well, let's see. My clock says it's 7.56. Do you guys normally run an hour, or do you go a little longer? What's your style for these live streams? Well, it's, it's usually about
6: an hour. It depends how much our guests uh, have to say. I know, as Eva always has some insightful things to say. Same thing for Keith Wilson and uh, pretend lawyer Tom Morazzo, who's a Freedom Convoy intern, <laughs> who said that he was a lawyer the last time he came on. But yeah, it depends. depends what happened throughout the day. But I think Eva, I, one of the most important things that I wanted to touch on was what happened with Brendan Miller with the cross-examination and everything. Um, and I think Eva explained it very well. No, Eva, if there's anything else that came out of the you'd like to touch on. Uh,
8: t- thanks for putting me on the spot. I did have yeah. three things and I know we went through <laughs> two. Um, well, one thing we could just let the audience know is that w- one thing um, again, it was just interesting to see how uh, our dear friend Brenda would throw out certain things and I'm just going to put it out there uh, an email was shown with a timestamp and she said that's odd. Normally, I go to bed by 10 (laughs) o'clock. That's right. (laughs) So there was an issue with the time zone on the uh, timestamp there. But, you know, we're talking about a national security crisis, which they in turn called a national security event. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just changed the wording and uh, to make it, I don't know, more palatable. But, you know, if we're talking about this kind of issue in our nation's capital where the emergencies act is being invoked the top rcmp commissioner is still going to bed at 10 o'clock i think we've got some issues
1: yeah i mean she needs her beauty sleep and and uh, i'm sure she gets up early but um if you're in the middle of the worst policing danger like the csis test that we're talking about we're talking about this what do we mean by the csis is the spy agency but it's in the act that the standard for emergency is outlined. If it is a danger to Canadians or a danger to the sovereignty of the country that cannot be dealt with with another law, only and if and only if that, then you can bring in martial law. So it is literally the worst crisis Canada has faced in 50 years. And she's going to bed by 10 because she needs her beauty sleep.
8: Correct. The fact that she was so comfortable saying well i don't know how that makes sense i go to bed by 10 p.m and it was just just strange to hear something like that and that goes to you know her evidence of well i don't remember this or i don't remember that even on the pivotal days february 13th february 14th what was your discussion with this group what was your discussion to the cabinet i don't really remember
1: yeah i had other things going on game of thrones had a new series out i was watching that and you know um yeah i was just finishing up some sudoku and uh you know i just caught up on my Netflix. go to bed by 10 yeah and i like to go to bed by 10 because i really you know i have such a stressful job could you imagine that well ava it's great to see you again thanks very much and thanks for your excellent advocacy on behalf of the trucker convoy i'm so pleased with how the justice center has done you guys have seven lawyers i think and you really are making the commission your project i'm brendan especially is doing such a great job up there i think he is the mvp he's the uh, player of the game
8: yeah, well, can I just say one thing? He's the one asking questions about the Emergencies Act. It seems <laughs> yeah, like the, the other <laughs> players are, the, are trying to cover their bum for for what happened, cover their departments. And yeah. he is the one asking questions about the security threats. He is the one asking about the Emergencies Act. But it's my pleasure. Love to be on the show. Thanks for having
1: me. Well, it's great to see you again. And really, uh, I think that he is the strongest lawyer, the one most dedicated to the mandate of the Emergencies Act and I I think that if he were not there this would be a very different Commission I'm so glad the JCCF received standing by the way so did the Democracy Fund um, a charity that we're fans of here. Celine and William you guys are doing a great job I'm glad you got to the scrum and I'm glad you got your questions in and although I am not satisfied with the Commissioner's answers she did answer you and it's excellent that rebel news was there and shout out to the lady in purple a mystery woman that uh, maybe one day we'll learn her identity, but good for her. Last words to you guys.
6: Well, I think today was super interesting, and there's a, a few things that I think would still be relevant to touch on, but we can definitely talk about it in tomorrow's live stream. So if you want to know more about what went on today, some details about the evidence that was presented, uh, you can join us tomorrow. At the same time, we'll, we'll also be joined by some lawyers, and we'll definitely talk about them. Uh, I think Brenda Lucky, it shows why people are losing trust in the RCMP. I think her testimony shows that she she lost all credibility. That people, you know, people people don't trust our our, our policing institutions anymore. And yeah. Her testimony is why. Uh, yeah.
7: Well, yeah, no, exactly, and it's not like we didn't have every intelligence agency in Canada saying the exact same thing, but they went ahead and they did it anyway. So this hot potato now lies in the laps of the Liberal cabinet ministers that will be going and providing their testimonies next week. So I don't know who mm-hmm. else uh, they're going to put the blame on. It it can't be Lucky anymore because her hands are clean. She served her masters, so now we move on to the bigger fish next week. Yep. But yeah, today was terrible, yep. totally unbearable. Can say it. Yep. <laughs> Mm -hmm.
1: well thanks again you guys are doing a great job out there i'm so pleased with our rebel pop-up studio in the heart of ottawa and hopefully i'll have a chance to visit it again before the commission is out um i'd like to thank our live stream staff here in our world headquarters in toronto olivia bruni and efrain oswaldo flores monsanto and i'd like to thank all our viewers at home including our super chatters live chatters and um I want to invite you, our dear viewers, to meet with me and my friends and my colleagues and some of our Rebel News stars, including, can you believe it? Tamara Leach is speaking at our Rebel Live conference in Toronto. Oh my gosh, it's this weekend. In Toronto, this Saturday. Did you guys know that? Tamara Leach, the Joan of Arc of Truckers. Is speaking a keynote speaker at the Rebel Live Conference in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Go to rebelnewslive.com to get your tickets. Oh my gosh! Also, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky, who was also jailed for keeping his church open. And I would like to invite you guys to come. Do we have another ad? I really love our ads for that. I think that's the way we should play these things out. I'll say goodbye now to Ava, Celine, and William with my thanks. But let's end on a gorgeous ad for Rebel News Live. Seriously, it's this Saturday. Come, Palminder Singh is going to be there, Andrew Lawton, Andrew Alan honor of the Democracy Fund, uh, comedian Ben Bankus is there. Such an interesting mix of people. But really for Tamara Leach. We'll end on a on an ad for that. Thanks guys. I'll see you later. Here's an ad for Rebel News Live.
4: Freedom in the year 2022 for me folks, it means the return of rebel live now rebel live is an annual event we used to put on before the man or was it the COVID karen made us shut it down during the pandemic years it is a freedom fun fest if you will all the freedom fighters you've grown to know and love over the years they're going to be speaking at the toronto and calgary events the toronto event is on november 19th that's a saturday and it will feature the likes of dr julie panessi Archer Pawlowski, Tamara Leach, and all your favourite Rebels, including yours truly, I'll be the MC that day, Sheila gunn and of course, the big boss man himself, Ezra Levent. Now Saturday, November the 26th, we're bringing Rebel Live to Calgary, and uh, those aforementioned speakers will be there, and Sheila will be the MC for that event. You don't want to miss it. It's an all-day Freedom Fest. I know there are certain would-be conservative leaders that think freedom is overrated, you know we don't think that way. I don't think you think that way. So if you want to get a ticket, please go to the website. They are going fast. Go to rebelnewslive.com. That's rebelnewslive.com. Get your orders in. And as Billy Red Lions used to say, folks, don't you dare miss it. Don't you dare miss this one.